size of your dream will always dictate the length of your journey. That's powerful. The size of your dream will always dictate the length of the journey. Small dream, small journey. Medium-sized dream, medium, not that much longer of a journey. If you really want to do big things, you have to become a big person for that big thing. And so that quote is essential for us to understand life. Why is life a journey? Why is it important to have a journey of a life? So you can learn. So you can learn. Yep. So when I'm in a journey, what's more precious? Is it the, the prize at the end or the process you're in? The process. Because the prize don't make you a person. The process does. And so that's why God wants us to dream. Why do you think God shows us desirable things before he shows the disciplines required to achieve? Never want to do it. But why do you think you see you have dreams of big houses, dreams of the, the Rolls Royce, the dreams of the Mercedes Benz, the Bentleys, whatever it is, the dreams of, of, of financial freedom? Why do you think that happens? It's because of this process here. Have, do, and be. When God gives you dreams of, I remember when I was 19, 18, and I had dreams of, of success, uh, like business success. And it was pro- I got this uh, prophecy recorded of a, of a man who prophesied over me. And I got it recorded of him saying that uh, God's going to do a divine business through you and how you're going to reach a lot of influential people, all that kind of stuff. God did that early because when you want to have something, you're going to bump up against the wall. That wall is you got to do, though. Right. So if you want to have a big house, you have big houses just don't are not given every day to just people. So in order for me to have something, I got to do something in order for me to do something big. I have to become big myself. So in order for me to have more, I got to do more in order for me to do more. We got to be more. Um, uh, the gentleman that I listen to a lot, Myron Golden, said that. Um, and it's a powerful thing we have to understand when it comes to economics and business and whatnot or success. Is that he said that everyone is already maxing out their current ability. That means that everybody's 100% maxing out who they are right now. Right now, your game is your game at this level. Right now, your academics is you're already maxing out where you are. So if you're already maxing out here, then you can only make that kind of money there. So that means in order for me to make this kind of money, I got to actually become a little bit more to have a little bit more, etc. So God shows us big things. God gives us big dreams because he knows in order for you to have that abundant life, in order for you to have uh, 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 strong finances, you got to do something differently you've never done before. In order, here's the process. In order to have something you never had before, you got to do something you never did before. In order to do something you never did before, you have to become someone you've never been before. And so when I become more, I actually do more. And when you do more, you actually have more. And so that's why if you got a small dream, you don't, if all you want is nothing wrong with this, but if you have a small dream and all you want to have is whatever, whatever, you only got to do a little and only be a little. But in order for those to really hit that plateau of six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven figures, you got to figure out how to become a better person and become a better version of you. So that you can do more 
and end up having more. Now, oh, let's get to these questions. Over their lifetimes, Americans will spend on average how many hours at work? How many hours? Oh, 90,000 90, hours at work. A lifetime. 90,000. Someone do the math. 90,000. 90,000. Um, how many hours in a year? So uh, that's 365, 364, hold on, 365 days in a year. Times 24. 365 times 24. Who got the, who going to do the math for me? 365 times 24. That's how many hours in a year. Or 90,000 divided by 24. Let's do that. That would determine how many days. 90,000, 90,000 divided by 24. Ninety thousand divided by twenty-four. Let me see. Ninety thousand divided by twenty-four equals three thousand seven hundred and fifty days. Now, three thousand seven hundred fifty days divided by three hundred sixty-five equals ten years of life. That means ten years. We know we're not talking about ten years of. Uh, we're talking about 10 years worth of hours. So that means a big chunk of your life, if I did the math correctly, a big chunk of your life is at work. Now, how many people are working something they were not born to do? When you work something that you were never meant to work, you will be worn out. If you work something you was meant to work, you will earn out. Big difference. So the thing is, the greatest feeling is fulfilling. The greatest feeling human beings can ever have outside of feeling the presence of God is fulfilling their purpose. Each and every one of you all were created for a purpose. What's the definition of purpose? You can look it up if y'all want to. Definition of purpose. Say it again. Something you meant to do. I love the word fulfillment. <coughs> fulfillment. Wait, you say you say three sixty five times twenty four. Huh? You already got it. You Fulfillment is a very powerful word. Let's look at it. Yeah, so fulfillment means is that I'm fool enough to feel what I was meant to do. Yeah. Double entendre with the word meant. Meant can be what I was meant to do, and meant can be cement. So fulfillment, after I'm dead, like right now, the moment you die, your whole life becomes cemented. That means in history, that's all he did. That's all she did. Cemented. So if I'm going to fulfill anything, I'm going to fulfill what I was meant to do. So when it's cemented, I can look at it and be like, that's good. Now, fulfillment means that I got to be full of something. Right now, there's a hole that you are meant, are meant to fill. That you're full of. Right now you're full of the giftings. You're full of 
<clears throat> the things already. We talked about how the spirit, soul, and body inside of your spirit right now is your personality. That's unchangeable. Your character, that's changeable, but there's, there's something solid about it. But your giftings and talents, right? So my goal is to maximize those gifts and talents so that when I feel a particular area, then it will be cemented that, you filled it. that I filled it. So 90,000 hours, how many people we know right now are spending 10 years of their life plus working what they was never meant to work? How many of you all right now are being set up to work a work you was never meant to work? We're talking about the dream work, the dream job. We're not talking about like the books going to talk about some of the things that we're going to do. So if you're going to spend 90,000 hours, it should be in the direction of your fulfillment. Number two, what was I born to do? God has everything mapped out for you from the womb to the tomb. So in your mother's womb, the Bible says he formed you. He knitted you. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. What that means is everything you were meant to do was in you from the womb. Everything outside of the womb was meant to trigger what's in your womb. Men have a womb too. Women, this is a metaphor. We have something that we're supposed to birth. It's already in us. So as soon as we were born... God placed in you everything you were meant to do. Then he gives you life experiences. Then he gives her things to trigger in you to pull those things out of you. So what are you born to do? What were you born to do? What were you reborn to do? And so if God comes into your life, the Holy Spirit, and you're reborn because you were born to do something, but you didn't have the mind to actually birth it. Whatever's in you. But you're, when you're reborn and the Holy Spirit's in you, then it illuminates a greater eternal sense of worth and work, right? Number three, your first job will give you what? Uh, experience. experience. Why is experience important? Good experience. We talking about bad experience. Sometimes bad, bad experience are great too. Because the more you have, the more you like, you get paid, the more like, you know how to do things. Experience when it definitely like when it comes to like the job world or like definitely like when it comes to sports like it's a key to like even you want to do. That's why if you're going, that's why it's important. To know what you're born to do, and look for things that will give you experience to be able to make you successful in what you're born to do. Experience is important. That's why uh, you look at the Golden State, you look at the Spurs, you look at these different teams in different um, areas throughout NBA history. Uh, the more experience they have, you can look at Golden State. Now, who thought Golden State was going to win a championship last year? Mm-hmm. Nobody. But, but well, they, uh, they always had a percentage of winning because they are winners. Winners find ways to win because winners know what it takes to win. And so experiencing the right type of experiences creates better experiences. So now there's three levels of experiences. There's three levels of experience. What are they? <clears throat> They're not in the book. They're not in the book. This, this is the book. The book. This is the book of Ezzy right now. <laughs> three levels of experience. Huh? 
Ah, uh, not though. There's three experiences we're all going to have. Bad experience. Ah, uh, well, I'm going to get there. That's, that's the uh, second category. There's three experiences. There's past experience. Present, present experiences and potential experiences. Potential and future kind of. I'm just going for the P's. I was looking for the. I try to get three P's. So past experiences. What can we learn from past experiences? What not to do. What not to do. What to do. What not to do and what to do. These should inform our what experiences. Present. So, in the past, we did a lot of dumb stuff, right? right? The good thing is, it's the past. It means it's, we can pass on. We can keep going. Now, in the present, if I don't learn from these two, I'm just going to repeat the same past. Right now, what I said two minutes ago was in my past. Right now, we've lived in three experiences at the same time. Yeah. Right now, <clears throat> as this meter is going as I'm recording... Like that red part over there is what I've said. What this little red part is what I'm saying now, and what I'm saying now is the future. What I said before. So right now we're living three experiences at once. If I want to create a better past, I gotta be present. In order for me to get into my potential experience, I gotta do something presently to eventually have this in my life. That's why experience is something you we shouldn't play with. I gotta have. I gotta say okay. I'm going to make my current experience right now beneficial. Yeah, you don't like school. Who likes school? School's trash, in my opinion. The structure of school is trash. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's suffocating your creativity. It's suffocating your ingenuity and all this stuff. Imagine how many years? Six, twelve. That's six, seven years? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's seven years of school. Do you know uh, high school is, is on, not even a hundred years old? Do you know school stopped at eighth grade back in the day? And at eighth grade, what did the kids do? They went to work. Right? They created a business. They worked in the family business, whatever, whatever. High school, what happened was job, the job market crashed. And that's why you cannot live your life uh, 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 for jobs. Because if you live life for jobs, if jobs are all taken, what happens to you? Instead of getting caught up in jobs taken, we got to start making jobs. Right now, this job I have right now, as Mr. Ezzy at this school here, was created because there was a problem. Miss Riley didn't have enough time to counsel kids. Miss Riley didn't have enough time, whatever, whatever. And they went to Pastor Gould and they said, Pastor Gould, we need somebody, especially after the COVID season, to be social emotional. And then, boom, a job was created for me. Imagine if we focus more on making jobs than taking jobs. Like, we could take a job early on, but we should be endeavoring to make jobs now. These experiences are important. So now while you're in school, you say, okay, I'm going to get the full experience from here. Even though it may not be uh, conducive to me now for my future, but I'm still going to say, okay, what can I experience here? What can I learn here so that I can tap into potential experience? What are some experiences you guys want to have eventually? That you really genuinely want to experience for a long period. We're not talking about, and that's why, I'm like, like I said, about the beach. I don't like the beach because I don't have a beach house. Oh. I don't like experiencing the beach and then got to be back home in a week. I'll say a kid. Kid, why do you want to experience being a dad? Because having a kid is one thing, but being a dad. Dad, what about that experience makes you say, man, I really want to experience that? 
Yeah. Right? And so I feel like giving your kid more than you got yeah. would just be like really like nice to me. Like I would be like, I didn't get this, so now I'm gonna give it all to you. And the dad experience is the rest of your life. Like right now, <clears throat> I envision, that's why I love when people see my nieces and nephews with me, it's a joy. Uh, when they see, like, my mom was at church yesterday, nieces, nephews, um, and you're the man. Like, your, your baby smiling, your nieces and nephews close to you, and that, that's legacy. Like, I want to be 60, 70 years old, and, and, and my kids want to come see me all the time. Who all, you don't got to raise your hands, <clears throat> but we all have, some people, some of us have dads, and we're like, I'll, I'll call them on Father's Day. But I don't really go out of my way to go see him. Nah, I don't want to experience. I don't want because what a lot of men do, they focus on provision. Well, I wasn't there, but, but I gave you this big house, though. I wasn't there, but I put you in all the private schools. I wasn't there, but I did this. But they're going to be like, you provided everything but yourself. And then now dads feel weird. They feel it. They are in their feelings when kids be like, oh, OK, I'll see you when I. See, I want to be the type of dad and that makes me I hear that you want to be the type of dad where your son going to be like, dad, what we doing? And he's 40 years old. <laughs> dad, where we going fishing? Dad, dad, what, you know, and then, then what happens when you, you become a granddad? That's the experience. <laughs> so being a dad makes you do what in these two experiences? Yep. And then for the president, it makes you know what you should do. What you should do. Because a wise man thinks about his what? His children's children. So now, if you want to be that potential dad, it's amazing how you get to customize that experience. The cool thing about experiencing things and not experiencing things, you can say, you know, when I have a kid, and I'm not going to swing to the extreme where I just give my kid everything because I didn't have nothing, but... I get the like the 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 Tyler Chapin experience as a dad. You get to create that right now. <clears throat> so now my experience, okay, how can I set up generational wealth? How can I set up a situation where about time baby boy, baby girl get a certain age, or before they even are conceived, you got the house for them, you got the time for them. That's important. Somebody else, what is a future experience that you desire to experience for a long time. We're not talking about I experienced it for a moment, like I said, about the beach house. I want a beach house where I'm in a position where I got millions, where I can say, you know what, we're going to be at the beach for six months out of the year. So I can experience the beach whenever I want to experience it. What is an experience? Say, I want to experience it for the latter years of my life. Tyler said, Dad, what's another one? I know that's hard to follow up. Everybody's like, like, nah, what am I going to say that's going to be? We assume that everybody else say dad and mom, so you can say whatever number two is. I would say, like, um, like sustainment for your family. So, financial security, and you said travel. So, we got financial security and travel, right? So, if I want, because there's no greater feeling then knowing that no matter what happens, I got the security for it. Mm. See what I'm saying? That makes a man and a woman do things differently in the present. 
Who's ever experienced poverty before? Bologna and cheese sandwiches, even though that was some good, good sandwiches. You had to cut the slices in it. When it's fried bologna and cheese, ooh, that's still, that's still good eating. <laughs> See, there's some things in, there's, listen, there's some things in, there's, there's things in poverty I'm going to take in prosperity. There's some things, the bologna and cheese sandwich. There's some things, I had ketchup sandwiches. I had uh, syrup sandwiches when I was a kid. I had, uh, I didn't like the tomato and mayonnaise sandwiches, but I had the ramen noodles for many nights. I had the spaghetti with ketchup sauce, with ketchup as the... Uh, ramen noodles, it seemed like you were still balling. You still... You balling. Praise the Lord. Nah, but either way, either way... I want, I, want the, I want the real ramen, right? So what I'm saying is, you feel, as a man, I feel that pass. I feel, I, I, I don't want my wife, my daughter to feel poverty. Yes, sir. Have you ever had, like, put cheese in your ramen noodles? Of course, I put cheese in my ramen noodles. Of course. We're talking about ramen noodles. How? Cheese and hot sauce, bro? No, bro. You gotta get like pepper jack cheese, hot sauce. Okay. Oh my goodness, bro. Either way, when you pour, you get poverty creates creativity sometimes when you gotta eat. You know what I'm saying? But for, for instance, we know that my potential is that I want financial security, which means I secure my finances right now. Last but not least is travel. Like, <clears throat> imagine being in a place, and that's why I can't wait to get to. I'm, I'm kind of I'm rooted in here because I work. I got to work at the school, right? Don't have to, but I get to. That's the difference. Got to means I don't like it. Get to, exactly. Got to, you need it. Get to means I get to change the minds of young people. I get to impact the minds of young people, right? But imagine being on Instagram. You're scrolling, and you see this restaurant making these. What's something that y'all see on Instagram? And you be like, man, I, I wish I could try this chopped right cheese. now. Wontons, the chopped cheese, the wontons, right? What 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 city? What city? What city was it in? What city was it in? Yeah. New York. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or where? Or Texas. So what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. Is that. I just had one time for the first time. Oh, God. But imagine. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you good, Chad? You good? Yeah, it's all right. I'm good. Okay, okay. It's like, Ooh, it had like buffalo cheese. Like, <laughs> hmm? Oh. No, but like, what is it? It's like the. It's like a noodle. No, it's like a. It's like. It's like oh, actually, that's New York. It's like a. Oh, okay. So basically, what I'm saying is imagine being on Instagram right. <laughs> and you're able to say, you know what? I'm going to go to California. I'm going to go to Texas. I'm going to go to New York, give me chopped cheese. Yeah. I can call a number for a private jet, yeah, jet over there, and actually have that experience. Imagine so being able to say, you on Instagram, <laughs> or you're not just going to chop cheese. You're just saying, I just want to be in New York for a week. For a week, yeah. See what I'm saying? But I don't. But there's people that's so rich that they be like, you know what? I got a taste for real, authentic, blank, 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 whatever. And they'll be like, I got the means and the money to actually fly there and and be there. Might as well. So that's what. The power of working your work and creating these experiences. Right now, <clears throat> you're building the framework and the structures for these experiences. All right, let's get to the next one. It says, number four, <clears throat> excuse me, you will blank a reputation. Build. Right, man, reputation. We were talking about this in my Bible class. Um, Why are reps important? Something to you. All right. Yep. Cool. Yeah, that's perfect. So reps is... 
That's how they gonna remember you. Re uh, so reps is to present, like represent. And uh, what's another reps? Another form of reps. Practice. So Tyler, let me ask you this question, Tyler. Why is it important to put a thousand shots up at a time, or how many ever shots up at a time? Get better. So those reps increases your what? Skill. Your skill and your skill increases your what? Confidence. Uh -huh, yeah. Confidence. When your confidence is increased, what it increase? Confidence then increases your what? Ability. The probability of ability, right? The probability of actually making a shot because I have the reps, right? So it says reputation. Reputation says this, like what you said, um, Ronnie. How I present myself. So there's certain internal. What are some internal reps that I have to do? What are some spiritual reps I got to do every day to make sure I have a good reputation? Read. And why is reading important for a Christian? Read the Bible. What does reading the Bible do? You're able to receive his word. Receive his word and what else? Become more in tune with God. Become more in tune and what else? Say it again. And being to yourself. All those work. Now, what else? A spiritual rep that I got to do every day to make myself have a good reputation. Because the Bible says a good name should be rather to be, a good name is rather to be chosen than what? Which is, no, you said, you said, you said it first, right? Riches, right? No. Oh, <laughs> he said, no, I didn't say that. I said confessions. Like, you should say confessions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Confessions every day. Why is it important as, as a spiritual rep? But generally, yeah. So confessions also say this, that there's people who have a reputation of always being a downer. Mm -hmm. There's people who have a reputation of always being joyful. That's a part of your reputation. Like the, the thankful and the, gra the gratitude reps that I do every day and the positivity that I speak of myself every day increases my reputation as a person who is always positive. Right. So what are some emotional and mental reps that we have to do every day? Kind of similar to what you said, but what are some other things that we have to do mentally, get our reps up to have us have a great, a good reputation? Mentally. Mentally, yep. Yeah. Like just exercising your mind, reading, oh, reading books, yep, yeah. talking to God. What else? Thinking. Do you know thinking? What makes thinking powerful? Just taking time to think, getting reps. Like I'll, I'll explain, Mike, how I do it in my mind. But why is thinking, intentional thinking, important? Yeah, that's real. Yep. I remember I thought of something. It was so ridiculous. But it happened. But do you understand? Do you understand that thoughts are one of the most powerful things on the world in the world? Because thoughts become words, words become things. The Bible says you have what you say, right? And so if I think it, now thinking requires you to think it through. I just can't think a Rolls Royce into existence. <laughs> If that was, if thinking was that powerful, we would, we'd have, we would have been had what we thought of. But thought mixed with ought, like what I ought to do, 
creates bought. Thought, ought, bought. So when I think it and I thought it, but I begin to think what, what I ought to do to in, in order to have it, then you'll be able to buy it one day. But exercising your mind is so important. Like the Bible says, think on things that are above, think on things that are lovely, that are pure. I got to think on those things because thinking on those things creates moments for me to think beyond. So, but your reputation is based upon the reps you put. Rep, put, P-U-T, yeah, put, right? <clears throat> reputation. So when people are in your presence or when they think about you, what's their reputation of you? Oh, he's a hard worker. She's a hard worker. Yeah. Or she's this and he's that. Right. So your job give, helps you build a reputation. Reputation on at the workplace. Man, I wrote some notes down. I don't know where I, I man, I don't know where I put them. But he said some things that I, I wanted to share with you all. Um, nope, not in here. Anyway, so <clears throat> but your, what are some good reputations to have at a job? Your first job. What are some reputations that you can build? Be on time. Why is being on time important to the to the employer? Because it's like you're alive. Because I'm like you can, you know what I mean? like if, if it's your first job, he can like spread the word. I guess he can be like, well, you know, this person's like not really late. They don't really have excuses for for like things that they do and stuff. They just do it. Yep. So it's like it, it's it's like your foundation. It's like if your first job, you're always late. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. Then it's kind of like, it sets you up for failure. So for an employer, being on time benefits me how? When you're on time to do your job. You become looked at as someone that's responsible. There you go. So in order for me to be on time my first job, I got to be on time for what other things? Like when you wake up, when you go to sleep, and like your time management. Yep. So time management is a reputation. It's a way of life. Like, if I'm not on time for me, like, if you know in order to lose this amount of weight or to be this good at basketball, football, whatever it is, I got to be on time because being on time shows that I honor time. You spell, we say we spell time how? You spell time what? L-I-F-E. How you spend your time is how you spend your life. So now, <clears throat> if I'm not on time, then I'm not on life. It's a big difference. So now I got to say, okay, time management is life management. And even though I may not like my first job, I'm going to be on time because in order to, to develop a skill of business or to be promoted, I got to be on time. Because I tell people this, can angels promote you? Can God promote you? That's a trick question. God can't promote you without what? People. People. God can't just be like, I promote him. What made, what, what caused Joseph or Daniel to be promoted? People, but what, what, in, what, in, what in within themselves made them promotable? Knowledge. Their reputation. Accountability. Like Daniel, the king, like you know the Daniel story. The king didn't even want to put him. But the people knew that kings are prideful. And when a king makes a decree, he don't want to be looked upon as someone that reneges, right? Or go back on their word. So he was like, ah, oh, man, y'all got me. But Daniel, please, please, I hope your God saves you. But those traits are intriguing to people. So if, if, if you 
are not on time for you, you're not on time for your job and you don't do your job, then what do most companies ask for when you want to get another job? I need to have a referral. I need, give me your boss number. I want to ask your boss how you are because we don't want to suffer a cost because you are not successful. So that means I got to build my reputation. I got to be on time. What's another thing that employers look for in employees that causes them employees to be promotable or creates opportunities for them? Being able to listen. Right. Yeah, I think that's what he said. Hearing and listening is two totally different things. And what is the difference between the two? Hearing and listening. You can, you can hear somebody and not, like, you can hear them. So, like, when they're giving you advice, you can hear it and not do anything. But if you listen to it, then you go, like, let it sink in. And let it sink in. So, you can hear someone just by off of default senses. Yeah. Listening means intentionally listen. But can you listen and still go missing? Yeah, you can listen and be like, oh, I heard you. But intention with my listen is important. So when I'm listening, I understand that I got to give you exactly what you want. There's a better way of listening. So when Miss Riley asked me to do something, I'm listening to exactly what she's saying. But I'm also listening to, to, to deeper than what she's saying so that I can actually enhance what she wants. So, for instance, successful people are people who just don't listen and give their employer exactly what they want. They actually listen to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, man, what's the word I'm looking for? It's an I word. Give me one second. Um, man, uh, initiative. Okay. Like sometimes you know your boss so well, you're like, all right, let me go ahead and do this while she's even thinking for it. That increases your odds of ownership and partnership. Let's keep going. All right, number five, blank your role. <laughs> that sounds so bad, like a cuss word. <laughs> blank your role. No, I'm just, <clears throat> know your role. Why is. Why is knowing your role as a point guard or any position so important, Top? You don't try to do something else. Do something. And it's crazy how everybody wants to be LeBron, KD. They want to be Steph. Yeah, they make $200, $400 million. Everybody wants to be the, the, the main guy. But there's other roles at 3 and D. Like, like, Draymond made over a hundred million dollars setting good screens, <laughs> making good passes, making good reads. There's people, LeBron's, I saw a clip circling about LeBron. He was talking about how everybody wants to be the man, et cetera, et cetera. He was like, man, he said, he's, he began to talk about how people, the person that doesn't even play will wax anybody in any gym in this country. Like, the person who would be over there just doing this when Steph does a three. <laughs> Still got his warm-up on. He ain't playing. You know a person ain't going to play. They got their full warm-up on. <laughs> right? But they still made the lead. Imagine that person in the 12th seat on the bench talking about, I'm better than LeBron. <laughs> Do you know what comes with being the face of a league? Look at John Morant. He obviously couldn't handle. That's the dumbest thing. He's like, but think about this though. <clears throat> How many people before Ja? Think about. It, I heard these conversations. People kept saying that Ja Moran's going to have a longer career than Zion Williamson. Mm. Three years ago, people was like, "I'll choose Ja over Zion because Zion's injury prone." But Zion is professional. I knew. I knew Ja was just going to be like another AI, but like people didn't. But nobody expect him to be this dumb. Well, no. I, 
And and no and and, it's, and he he has opportunity to change it, right? But what I'm saying is is that a lot of no no no. But more professional. What I'm saying is. That, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm not going to flash a gun, but at the same time, y'all not going to get, like, 250 pounds overweight. That's a good point. There, But there was arguments about who's going to have the longer career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what you're saying is right on. Like, you can still be unprofessional on both sides of the aisle. Just in different ways. Just in different ways. So let's pick LeBron versus Ja. Like, they were, they were saying that Ja Morant had the opportunity to be the face of the league. Now, now the think about this. Think about this. The, the NBA office. People were saying that. I'm not. Oh, not anymore. People. People were. No, all, all I'm saying is I didn't. I don't believe that. But what they're saying is is that they're talking about only. Hear me out. Only American bred players are face of the NBA because the the American brand. It's different in an international brand. Luca doesn't want to be the face of the league. Giannis don't want to be the face of the league. I mean, you're not from here. It's all you're not America. from it. Exactly. And America's different. It's all about me here. Yeah. Them, it's about, I just want to make my money like, and go home see, and the phone. You see when that, it's like there were reporters going around and asked, like, if you, like, all the All-Stars, there was like, if you played in the JV game, like, how many points would you score? And all the, like, Europeans were like, were like, oh, I don't know, like, 25, 30. Yeah. All the Americans like 80. See like, what I'm saying? Like, it's a different mentality. And so you obviously see that... that Luka was like, I don't know, like 25. He was like, I don't even know what JV is. Like, right? he, he's, never, he's never played JV. And that should be alarming to American kids. Yeah. It should be alarming to us that, that we're... Like, these successful, all the way from Dirk Nowinski to... Uh, name some other international players. Uh... Who? Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Uh, 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 huh? Ginobili. Ginobili. Who's? Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah, I was like Kareem. I, was like, oh, I thought you said Kareem. Hakeem. Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, you might as well call him international, but he act like one. Tim Duncan. No, he, he from America. But what I'm saying is, all the international players. Tim Duncan looks like Yeah, he So all the international players, they're 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 bred differently, right? But knowing your role is important, like. I know my role here. So, for instance, people look to me and be like, Miss McCullough or Miss Riley Tripping. That ain't, I'm not, they got a different role than me. I can't usurp them. <laughs> so, when Miss McCullough says, hey, we're not doing this, I can't be like, Mr. Ezra, say something. Not, I, that's not my role. I know my role. I know how to set screens. I know how to, you know, all that stuff's important in order for, so your first job helps you understand your role. So, also, Knowing your role in life is important economically. So number six, you have to what? <clears throat> accept your role. Why is it difficult for a lot of us to accept our role? Man, it's not in the spotlight. It's not in the spotlight. But do you know what it's like to be the main, like the guy or the lady? Like people say, man, do you want to be a principal? No, I don't. That's stressful. Like, you can look at a, like, people say, they'll, they'll make comments like, one guy came up to me, it was like, uh, do you want to be a pastor? I said, man, no. <laughs> I done seen what happened to the OG. Like, imagine for 20 some years, you seen this thing kill a man. And you think, I want that? 
So, <clears throat> no disrespect to that. I'm just saying, but ministry's real, fam. Yeah, like, right. pastoring is not... That's why pastors be falling because of how stressful the job is. So, hey, man, nah, nah, nah. I only want to accept the roles that God has for me, and that's important. So you have to know your role, you have to accept your role, and you have to do what in order to be successful? Maximize, maximize your role. What is maximizing your role? Give me an NBA player that you like. They maximize their, their, not, their not, the, not the main guy, but this player maximizes, maximizes his role. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. How does he maximize? Just shoot. shoot. Yep. Who else? Give me someone that's not sitting. LeBron. LeBron. And how does he, how has he, of a 22, 23 year, 22 year career, how has he maximized his role? Oh, Jesus. He said what? Consistent. Consistent. I know why. I don't think. I don't think they really have a role. If I'm being honest with you, like I feel like there's like three, four, or five players in the league that just don't have roles. Like they are like everything. Like their role. I would like, say like, their role is to carry. Yeah, like I would say like if, if you ask Nicole Jokic what his role is, he would list off like every single role. He was like, <laughs> oh, I got a rebound, I got a pass, I got a score. Like you just listed off three roles, and you had them. Like, and it's like it's it's almost circum uh, situational, like circumstantial, like yeah. like LeBron's role right now at the Lakers is different than his roles at Cleveland and Miami. Yeah, exactly, because and then if you were to ask like somebody else, like if you were to ask like Drew Holiday, he could give you a defined role. Like, a defined oh, role. Yeah, because he he could be like, well, I get to play defense and like create. But then if you were to ask Giannis, he would be like, I get to play defense, create, uh, pass, um, rebound. Like, yeah, all that. He would list off five roles. And at the same time, there's other people on his team that have those same roles. I see that. But, but he has the lion's share of the role. Yeah, exactly. Because then, like, if you ask Brooke Lopez, he, also, he would say rebound and shoot threes, right? Yeah. But Giannis also has the rebounds. So it's like, at the same time, like, with Steph, he's like, well, I got to shoot. Clay is like, well, I got to shoot. Jordan Poole has to shoot. But their role is the leader. Yeah, exactly. I see what you're saying. So on the court, they have shared roles, but the day-to-day -day role of Steph is to lead the team. Or the, the, the role of LeBron <clears throat> for a lot of years was to lead the league, right? <clears throat> and so all these players have roles, but the leadership role, there's some people say, you know what? I'm just not a good leader, but I'm a good follower, though. I'm a good cheerleader. I'm a good celebrator, all that kind of stuff. So these questions are so essential. It says, in order for me to really uh, be successful, I have to know my role. Like right now, as a husband, I know my role. My role is defined. Every house is different, though, because there's some women who are the breadwinner, but the roles are different. But the, there's different specific roles biblically that are supposed to be established in every family. But I have to accept that role, man. My wife wants to be at home. She wants to raise a child. She wants to be a stay-at-home mom. So we agreed. Here's my role to go out there and get the bread. Your role is to make sure the baby's fed, right? right? And I have to maximize his role so that I can have the best dad experience I can ever have and that financial security and to be able to take my... I don't want my baby girl to only know uh, this square... My, how many of us was raised where all you didn't go this far? Like, here's, here's, uh, here's Charlotte, right? Or your city, your, your country, your, your city, right? And that's all you do. <laughs> All you knew was the Walmart, the school, Back the mini clinic, your village. Your, that's that's all you knew. Right. 
I don't want my daughter to do that. That's all I knew. I want to be able to say, I think Kobe, I don't know who said it. I don't think it was Kobe, though. But uh, it was somebody who said, um, my daughter's projects are different. Because when they do a project on this, this Sphinx or the Sphinx in Africa, my daughter actually has a picture in front of the, the pyramids. That's tough. You see what I'm saying? Imagine your daughter has a project and she has to pick a country and your dad and mom and got enough money to say, you know what? Let's, let's really stunt on this project. Let's go. Let's go there. Let's go and on the front page of your project. Imagine that. That's the experience you want to create so when your daughter or your son walks into class, they'll be like, you know what? Y'all talk about a place that I've actually took pictures in. That's the experience. But but then but then that's why the parent teaches the kid that the teacher is not always not all teachers are teachers, and that's why the mentality is is that. So anyway, so uh, let's get to reading. Um, here's a couple of questions. It says, "What do you plan to do with the rest of your life? How does this question make you feel?" That's real, man. What do you want to do with the rest? Like, the rest of your life. Like, that's a question you got to think about every day. I want the rest. Like, I'm 37, fam. 37 times 2 is what? Um, 74? No, 37. Yeah. Uh, 74 years old? 64? 37 times uh, 2? That's 14, 6, uh, 74. Yeah, 74. 74, I mean, that ain't old, old, but that's old. That means I still have 37 years. I want my ladder to be great in my form. So what are some things? I, I think you guys already kind of said some of those things, but what do you want to do with the rest of your life career-wise? Let's talk about that. The rest of your life, you want to be in this industry. Let's say industry because, like, for instance, if people want to go to the NBA, you're not going to play the rest of your life in the NBA, but you may want to be an owner. You might want to be a general manager. You might just want to be a trainer. You just might want to be a person who just go to the games all the time. What is something you want to do with the rest? What industry do you want to be in and the rest for the rest of your life? I want to be in the influential industry. The influence industry. Influential industry. Why? Because I feel like that's like the greatest thing <clears throat> you can do for somebody. Bro, like, yeah. Like, there's that like picture and it's like this guy and it says like you are who you like hang out around. And it's like, <laughs> it's him with like a suit. And then it's him and like raggedy clothes, and then it's him because it's who he's around. And so I feel like whatever you're around is what you hear, and what you hear is what you might ask on. Yeah. So I feel like even if you're not around that person all the time, but whenever you are, you hear like really good stuff, and you hear encouragement, you're gonna be encouraged, and then you're gonna have it like in you, and then you're gonna encourage other people. There's no better industry because that's the industry I'm in. Like right now. Being in this school is much more than a job. I get to influence the minds of people. Like, I get to influence. I get to say, these are the experiences I've had. I can influence. The influence, the influence industry, that's what you want to be with the rest of that. Because if you always, like, what's his name? 80-something years old. Mm. Um, who the logo of the NBA? Uh, that's uh, Jerry West. 80-something years old. Still influencing teams. Imagine being 80 some years old and you get paid 20 plus million dollars a year just to consult teams. Influence is power. Because if people, 
And he did, he did the Lakers. He did the uh, Clippers. And he did my no. He's not even with the like, Clippers right now, is he? Jerry West is with uh, is he with the Clippers? I think he still is with the Clippers. Clippers. So what is another industry? Somebody else. One more person. Another industry that you say I want to be in this industry for the rest of my life. Man, you done said things we can't even follow up on. You said dad and influence. But yes, sir. Tech and why tech, sir? Uh, I believe technology increases, like, grows every, every year of my life. So. That's real. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that, because tech is going to be, that's the future. You see what I'm saying? So now you got to say, okay, in what ways can I innovate the tech industry, et cetera, et cetera. And that's important to think about, because you, in order to live your best life for the rest of your life, you won't be doing stupid stuff right now. I think the issue is a lot of people say, hey, um, I just want my best life now, but I don't want to be, be, become the best version of myself. In order to have the best, you got to be the best. In order to beat the best, you got to be the best, right? And being your best self sets you up to having God's best for you. What kind of feelings does that make you feel as far as being one of the best, one of the most influential people in the influential industry? But how does it make you feel? You like can't. If I'm telling you to do all this stuff, and then in two years I'm bankrupt, <laughs> I lost my family, and nobody listens to me anymore. It's like, what did you? They're gonna be like, well, I don't want to. I'm, I'm gonna forget the stuff you told me. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna measure. That's why I say you never advertise what you don't have in stock. Imagine you're a Foot Locker, Foot Action, and you saying we got a hundred pairs of the latest Jordan, and you the first in line. Like. <laughs> Uh, we were just lying. We don't have it. And they go home and then they lose business. So credibility. The un- appreciates, appreciating credibility makes you incredible. Like when I when I when credibility means like when you invest in me, now when you investigate me, you will see what I've invested in me. Because how many of us, we advertise to a girl, advertise to a guy, oh, I, I, I'm going to be this kind of man for you, girl for you, or I'm going to have this, I'll make this kind of money. And then when that person actually is in your life and investigate it, you don't have it in your life. So now let's go ahead and read. Our learning objectives are this. It says, define hard and soft skills and explain the difference. It says also to understand the importance and explain the benefits of your first job. The main idea is you're learning skills that will help you handle your money wisely in the same way the first jobs you have can set you up for a career you love i'll go ahead and read for time's sake oh man it's still early i thought it was like 10 15 10 10 all right what's next what are you going to do with the rest of your life man a very important question we're on page 146 how many times have you been asked that question lately it can be a tough one to answer if you're honest the answer may be i have no idea And that's okay. You don't need a complete plan for your life right now. And honestly, even if you have one, it's sure to change. That that right there is so powerful. Because right now, as juniors and seniors, you're going to get that question all the time. And do you know... What's your plan? What's your plan? Think about it. Having no idea is actually the wisest thing you can say. Teaching student, pardon the interruption, getting pardon the interruption. Miss Williams, please... Uh, call guidance or go to guidance room 103 again. Miss Williams, please go to guidance. Hey, why well, I mean, if I speak sometimes, like, something over myself and then I just don't want that no more. 
you, you gonna, that's why it says at the end. And honestly, even if you have one, it's sure to change. It's going to change. I had NBA dreams. I had hoop dreams, and it changed. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's, that's done with. Imagine me, imagine me at 37 and some, some you know, that's why when, when kids hype you up, some little kid be like, yo, Mr. Ed, you could have played in the NBA. And I go out there and start training for like six months. I'm going to set myself up to be embarrassed and disappointed. <laughs> right? So what I'm saying is that even if you have a plan, the Bible says many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that prevails. You're going to have many plans and a lot of them going to fail. But as you begin to see your life plan out, you be like, oh, God's purpose really prevailed in my life. Like, for instance, five, six years ago, I had no plans to be in the school system. No plans. No thought leads to no plans. I had no idea I was going to be in front of kids for, for the last, next, last six years. But the purpose of the Lord prevailed. Obviously, he wanted me here. Now, now it says, finding work you love will come with struggles, but they'll be worth it. Oh my God. You have to go through the struggles, man. In order to be able to enjoy um, your dream job, man. Like, if your dream job, whatever it is, you got to struggle. Because struggle actually makes you a stronger individual. Uh, Through the teachers in this course, you'll be armed. You're being armed with the truth about handling money and the dangers of debt. But your financial future also depends on the education and career choices you make. You've got so many options, and that's fantastic. But it can also feel like you're traveling to a destination without... Any road signs. In this lesson, you'll learn how you can create a clearer picture of the right career path for you. <coughs> Finding work you love. Let me see if I want to share anything in that paragraph. Um, like uh, Pastor Molly Google was saying at church, she was talking about how um, the GPS, um, the GPS don't have a conversation with you. Like the GPS ain't going to ask you how your day was. A GPS ain't going to say, oh, it's the weather for the day. Maybe you got an expensive GPS that may tell you the weather. But GPS is going to tell you in real time, in three miles, make a left. In three weeks, make a left. You see what I'm saying? There's going to be some guidance. And in life, we like to know everything about everything. But in God, God ain't going to show you everything. Because if he shows you everything, then you won't need all of him. You'll be like, I already know God. And do you know, even if God told you, that you were going to meet your spouse on this corner at 1.05 p.m., you'll still be late or too early? <laughs> well, even if you're on time... Probably too early because you'll be like, I need to see you. And even if you're on time, that doesn't mean you have the right mind. Right. You, and the conversation will squander it. Let's keep going. Uh, finding work you love. It is really... It is, uh, it is, uh, is it really possible to make a living doing what work you love? Of course it is. Do you have to give up on your dream career so you can learn a, uh, learn a lot of... What? Learn a lot. Well, I, I need my glasses, bro. Is it... Okay, let me start. With, is it really possible to make a living doing work you love? Do you have to give up on your dream career so you can earn a lot of money? These are common questions people ask about work. Our culture believes this weird myth that work isn't supposed to be meaningful or satisfying. You may hear statements such as work isn't supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun if you're going to spend 90,000 hours working a draining nine to five job is the only way to get by. That's dumb. Finding fulfillment in work is rare, if not possible. Another myth is as long as you make a lot of money, it doesn't matter if you like the job. That is all dumb myths that we all have been told. 
Number one, working isn't supposed to be fun. Work is supposed to be fun. No matter how this job may be, whatever at times, it's fun coming here every day, having conversations with you all, pouring into you all. That's fun, right? I believe it's supposed to be fun because like, if you're not enjoying it, what is the point of it? You can't spell funds without what? Fun. fun. I mean, honestly, if, 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 it's, if, it's, if it's fun enough and you like it enough, it's not really a job. It's not a job. Right. It's job. a calling. Yeah. That's why we've been told to get a job versus pursue our calling. The greatest feeling you ever going to fulfill, or, or, the greatest feeling you're going to ever feel, are the feelings of fulfilling. Right now, man, it don't matter if I, I don't preach. I preached 51 minutes last night. And what people don't understand about preaching, they say the energy a preacher gives out in preaching in a 30-minute message is equivalent to eight hours of, of a day's work. Because you're, you're, you're functioning in three layers at one time. Your spirit, man, is charged up. Your thoughts are, emotions are filling the people. Your mind is, is, is pouring out. What you've heard and you're fit my hands everywhere. Physically, you're working. So, bro, I done preached this morning. I done preached last night. I done preached this morning. And, I've, and it's been 57 minutes that I've been talking here. Right? But how can someone offer four hours of sleep, do two back-to-back messages, it's fulfilling. So, this becomes fun for me to do because it's fun. So what also makes me fun about this is that I go hard in front of you all, so you guys here. I feel like definitely if you're a preacher, you shouldn't be preaching if you don't like it. If you don't like it. You, you, <laughs> you can't. Crazy. Preaching, teaching, whatever it is, you can't, right? So I right like now. a lot of teachers, though, that don't like teaching, but teaching. But you got to love it in order for people to feel it. Like, if I just sat at my desk the whole time and I was like, all right, we're just going to read for today. <laughs> Watch the video. Y'all going to be like, then all of a sudden it won't be fun. It won't be fun for you all, right? But work is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. Your life's work. Why would God make you do something that he knows would not make you feel like doing it? Now, there's parts of it that you don't feel like doing it. But man, there's a joy in doing what you're supposed to do. It says working a drain nine to five is the only way to get by. That's done. I'd rather work a six to six and what I love than work a nine to five and what I don't love. Most entrepreneurs, you work in, you work in 12 hour days, 15 hour days, 20 hour days a time. Um, I 12 hours doing what I like except for like four hours being paid like that 12 hours doing what I don't like. You said what now? What? I, <laughs> I was like, what I'd you rather work 12 hours doing something I like than like four hours getting paid the same as I was working 12 hours doing something I don't like. I see what you're saying. Okay. So, for instance, there's a guy, the rich <laughs> people. That was like a ton. I understand what you're saying. They say the wealthy people, like wealthy people make more money in less hours. So, there's people right now who are, because wealthy people found a way of, of, Using hard work to get to where they are, and now they stopped working so hard they didn't work smarter. Working smart says, you know what? I can do in four hours and make four times the average person will make in a day or four. Do you know people right now are making? There are people who are literally making an NBA player. Give me a contract. So a, a game check for Steph Curry. Can someone look it up? Tobias Harris is making a bag and he doesn't. 
How much is a game check for any NBA player? Let's look it up. You can pick one. No, it's not. Steph Curry makes like three hundred thousand dollars, four hundred thousand dollars a game. It's like your rookie contract. Steph Curry makes how much money a game? Or his game check. Of playing two hours, two and a half hour game, you making this much for one game. Six million, two minutes. Six million, two minutes. Some of them, some of them, make, some of them make seven <laughs> figures a game. That's that's a million plus. Yeah. Did anybody with Steph Curry make a game with his new contract? Either way, I just want to know what Steph makes a game. Oh, or LeBron. LeBron makes a game on his uh, current $44 million salary. He makes $500,000. A game. Imagine. That's crazy. A dollars a quarter. $100,000 a quarter. So think about that. LeBron makes in one game half a million dollars a game. So in two hours, he makes half a million dollars. So what I'm saying is, but what did he have to do to get himself in that position? That's what you got to do as a person. Okay, what? Like right now, there's guys, especially this guy, Myron Golden. Y'all hear that name a lot because that's, that's like a, a digital, a uh, 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 social media mentor of mine, right? I don't know. I never met the person in my life. But this guy... This guy off of one program talking to people four times a month makes $15 million a year. <clears throat> so instead of me coaching one-on-one people, he's transitioning my thought pattern saying, why don't you get a bunch of people in a room, teach them all the same thing. There's a young lady who, who's, who actually went to his uh, program. She made half a million dollars in a month coaching. So what do you think I'm rolling out in April? The same structure, the same systems, the same processing. And so the moment y'all look up and you be like, hey, Mr. Ezzy don't ain't here no more. <laughs> or Mr. Ezzy, I say, there's going to come a time where I'll be like, I, want, I don't want to even get paid from it. I want to volunteer. I want to be able to say. Like that's what you would do. Like, I still do a Bible class. Yeah. Like, you, like, you probably be there every single day, but you will be volunteering. I'll be volunteering. Like, come and speak like, like one of the guest speakers. Mm-hmm. Right. But imagine, but when you see, like the four-minute mile guy, there was a time where nobody ever believed that someone can beat the mile or run a mile in under four minutes or at four minutes, right? Then they said once one person broke the four-minute mile, everybody was breaking the four-minute mile. The barrier to the four-minute mile wasn't it was impossible. It was just mentally impossible to a lot of people. But once you see a person do it, oh, man, man, I'm about to make a million dollars a month. If she can make half a million, and I know people that's making a million dollars a month, and I know that people that's making a million dollars a week, who says I can't? So now it makes you want to (laughs) work. Because if you're making half a million dollars a month, you're making a million dollars a month that you actually see people doing in, in your industry, oh, go for it. That's why you got to say, okay, if I'm going to be in tech, if I'm going to be influenced, 
I want to find out what the biggest tech people are doing. Because if you create an app that's never been made before, you can be a billionaire in five years. People like the person who sold YouTube became a billionaire because Google bought it. You see what I'm saying? So the thing is, tech or influence, your influence can be uh, where you're making $20 million a year. Like, what's his name? Jerry West. So it just does something to your mindset. Uh, I'm tired because I don't I don't went hard for like an hour or something. So we'll finish up. Uh, let's get a sheet of paper. We got to take a quiz because uh, I close your books. We'll take a quick quiz and we'll be done for today.